John chapter number 4. Bitter break me where that find the spot where that sun doesn't shine no more. All right. Let's read chapter number four, verses one through thirty, and then I'm going to have a word of prayer. And uh, John chapter four, one through thirty, the Bible says, "When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard." that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank therefore or thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go. Call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, 
I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came unto him. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we ask that you'd bless now the Bible study this morning. Thank you again for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for your goodness as always and your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Just want to to make sure, does everybody have a handout? Anybody need a handout? Uh, Ethan has them right there. All right. So we continue the series, Fishing for Men, our theme verse there, Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 22. And uh, we have been dealing with the whole idea that the Lord was going to take these 12 men and he was going to, they were going to become fishers of men. And it was going to be a three-year process for this to take place. So in today's lesson with regards to fishing for men, well, if you look at the introduction on the handout, so the Lord Jesus Christ is our supreme example regarding fishing for men. So he not only, the Lord Lord not only taught them Bible doctrine, spiritual truths, but he showed them. He was the example uh, that they were to have, that they were to uh, follow. And the motive behind his dealing with with these he came into contact with was truly to win them to himself, to who he he was. So if you and I desire to be effective as fishers of men, we need to study his life and and the approach that he had as he related to people. And um, we see here, or I'd like you to see in John chapter 4 in these verses, how he systematically dealt with people. You know, in the book of Proverbs, in chapter number uh, 11, in verse number 30, the Bible says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. We all have a responsibility to win people to Christ, and we do that in many different ways. But one of the reasons that the Lord obviously would cause these men to become fishers of men is so that they would go into all the world, we would find out at the end of their ministry, and they would be, dis- they would be witnesses unto the Lord. And so there are many different ways and many different opportunities that the Lord gives us to draw people to Him. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to see in this example here how he dealt with this particular woman. And he would teach the disciples how to deal with people. And it's an important lesson for us to learn. So we're going to kind of go through this chapter and these points um, and and see how he just went step by step by step in in dealing with people. And I think sometimes we need to understand this. You know, I when I accepted Christ as my Savior, 
and I was 24 years old, and there were different systematic ways that were taught to me uh, how to win someone to Christ long before I was ever called to be a preacher. And there were different programs. Actually, I was talking with uh, my son Josh yesterday, and where he lived in Fort Lauderdale, just down the street from him was the church that Dr. James D. Kennedy established in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, he was the one back in the 1960s that began a program called uh, Evangelism Explosion. And it was a way that he taught his congregation to personally win people to Christ. And then there are other things. There was a man in my early walking with the Lord called David Woods, and he had a whole program of how to win people to Christ. And there's different... There was all different ways and programs that were put out there. And in by and large, they were good. But the reality is, we have to understand this, that neither you nor I could win anyone to Christ. That it's a work of the Holy Spirit. But these were tools that were given people to show them how they could do this. And those are good things. You know, there's the Romans Road and you know, the four verses in the book of Romans where you can take people, and, and these are good tools to have. But on the other hand, the reality is, too, as we go through, oh, and those often were given so that you would have set times where you would go out and knock on doors or whatever to, to, to share the gospel with people. Um, again, I'm not necessarily against that, but I guess that what I'm trying to say is this morning is that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whoever we're with, that we should be aware of um, the people who are around us and how we can take whatever the conversation is, the opportunity is, and, and kind of bring it to the place. And I believe God gives us the opportunity where we can share our faith with people. We can share the gospel with people. And um, that's, that's really what I'm trying to get across today. So notice this about Jesus. Point number one on our handout. Verse four. He went out of his way to witness to the woman. In verse 4 it says, he was on his way to Galilee, first we find out in verse 3. And so if you know anything about Israel, Galilee is in the northern part of the country. And um, he went through Samaria. And so the point here is that he went out of his way to witness to the woman. Normally, if you were leaving Jerusalem and you were going to Gal, uh, up Galilee, what you would not do as a Jew is go through Samaria. Because the two people, they were prejudiced against one another. And the terrain was a rough terrain. There were, geographically speaking, easier ways to get to Jerusalem. But the Lord was going through Samaria and um, He had... In fact, it says he must needs go through Samaria as if he knew he needed to go and deal with the people that were there and to share who he was with these people. And so he went out of his way to witness to the woman. And I think as I read that, listen, you and I, we need to take the opportunities that God puts in our path. We not only take the opportunities, but we make opportunities for whoever God puts in our path. 
And that sometimes does mean, yes, we may geographically or go out of our way to deal with people that we know we wouldn't deal with. But that's what we do. I mean, that's what we're called to do. And we not only we need to do it personally. There are times that we just need to go out of our way personally to share our God, to share the faith with people, our faith with people. That's what Jesus did here. And notice in verse, verses 5 and 6, the lesson that he gives to the disciples. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. That Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So he speaks to her. He speaks to her about her soul, even when the reality is he was tired. And maybe, didn't, maybe from, a, from a physical point of view, really didn't have the energy. I mean, let's remember this. I think sometimes we think that Jesus was like superhuman. Now, we know he is superhuman. But he, he took upon himself the form of humanity. He took, took upon himself the form of humanity because he wanted to experience it like you and I. So he tired, he thirsted. Uh, just like you and I. He hungered like you and I. He's tired. I was down preaching a couple of weeks ago down in Pittsfield, and um, I always enjoy going down. They have a great, it's a small congregation, but a great group of people, easy to preach to down there. But uh, Pastor Haven's daughter, Holly, and her husband, Josh, as well as, as, as Bill's widow, Pam, have really kept that church going. Three years they've been out without a pastor. So I commended them for that. And I said to Holly as I was getting ready to leave, I, we were talking and she said, well, I'm just tired, she said, trying to hold it all together. So I kind of chuckled because many, many years ago, my good friend Terry Jones, who had been in the ministry much longer than him, and, and he was visiting one time, and I, Terry was kind of straightforward, and I said to Terry, I said, Terry, I said, I'm kind of tired. He looked at me and he said, Brother Malachuk, we're all tired, get over it. And that's just the truth. You, know, you get tired, just get over it. Listen, we're, we're going to be with the, there's coming a day when we're going to be with the Lord and we'll never be tired. And, um, you know, stop feeling, he basically was saying to me, so I said that to Holly. Holly just kind of laughed and smiled. I said, uh, and they need a pastor. They have a man who's just graduating from Bible college. He's in his 50s. He lives in Rhode Island. And we need to be praying. This man has preached there numerous times, and he feels ministry coming out of Bible college is to be an itinerant to stay at a church until they find a pastor. And they like him, and he likes them. And, and so I said, well, what's the problem here? You know, he's the guy that you need to come. And so they're praying that he decides to, to move up there and, and at least stay until they get a pastor. But Jesus was weary. You know, the Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's important that you and I, as believers, as fishers of men, we learn, we learn to live by principles, not by how we feel. So important. And Jesus here gives this example. 
And, and, and what was going to happen is, we, just think in your mind about the apostles as after their three years, and then Jesus sends them out into the world. And think about some of the things that are recorded in the Bible, how they were imprisoned, beaten. They were chased out of cities and towns. They hungered, they thirsted, they, they were fatigued. But they just kept going and going and going and going. Because the example that Jesus had and the example that Jesus gave them, it sank into their hearts. So, he spoke, to, he spoke to this woman about her soul even when he was tired. Even when he was tired. And notice this in verse 7. The conversation was just a casual conversation at the well. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. And uh, they just, he just started a conversation with them. You know, the first thing he didn't say to that, her was, listen, if you were to die today, do you know for sure if you're going to heaven? They just began to talk about Simple things around the well. And uh, that's what we need to do when we talk with people. We, we talk about their interests. We talk about their concerns. We talk about many different things. And that's what Jesus did. He just struck up a conversation with this woman. And then we find out in verses 8 and 9, his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith, look at verse 9, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So what does Jesus teach these fishers of men? He's teaching them this, that he was concerned about all people. The woman was a little bit taken aback. How come you're talking to me? Because usually Samaritans and, and um, Jews, we don't, we don't talk to one another. So, you know, when we're out and about and we're dealing with people, it should never be, well, I don't know if this person would really fit in our church. Well, I don't know. I've been, you know, I, I kind of joke, but I'm serious. I, I, the years I've been the pastor here, as long as they're warm and breathing, they're welcome to come here. And even if they're not warm and breathing, they're welcome to come everybody's welcome to come. I remember being in a preacher's meeting years ago and a guy was going up to Burlington to start a church and he, he gave this big to-do what he's going to do, but he had a target group that he was going after. And I thought to myself, a target group? My target has always been North Adams, Adams, Williamstown, and the surrounding area, and anybody who's warm and breathing. And I don't know, kind of lost track of that fellow. I don't know what ever happened to him up there, but... Um, I don't know, I guess maybe that's the way some people do it. But notice in the conversation in verse 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria again unto him, How is it? Why are you talking to me? So we learn here with regards to Jesus, his concern about all people. You know, we, we're reminded, when the Bible says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And so we go through life and we see people who, who there are things going on in their lives. And that brings us to verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God 
and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee the living water. You know what words stuck out to me in this in these verses? The word knew. If thou in verse 10, if thou knewest, to know. People have questions. People don't know things. And you know what? I can remember the three years I worked a part-time job in the evenings up at the ski area, and many of the people who I would give rides to as the members of that club as well as the employees, but there were many times, that most of them found out not too long after I started to drive with them that, that I was a preacher. And there were often opportunities where people were in a very casual setting and they would raise questions or, or things would come up and I would be able to take the conversation and talk about spiritual things. And, and I was thankful that twice they asked me to do the, uh, actually three times, we didn't do it the last year because of the weather, but three times the people who ran the ski area asked me to do the Easter sunrise service on the top of the mountain. By the way, that was a tough thing to do, to get up early and go to the, I mean, I say it was tough, I was tired. And then come back for church. But it was an opportunity to preach the gospel to people. You know, if we're only going to do things when we feel like, we're only going to do things when we feel like, well, I guess I've got some spare time and, and it fits into my schedule. Well, we probably won't get much done. But he turned the conversation to spiritual things because people have questions. And you know what? We need to be careful. Sometimes, well, I had a situation yesterday actually where uh, I was in a, there's four of us there, and we were talking about a particular subject. And the person that we were with had a question about this particular subject. And I was thankful my wife was with me because I kind of approached it as a prophet and it needed to be approached from a shepherd's point of view. You know what I mean by that? Like, you know, the prophets were kind of like boom, boom, boom in your face. But the shepherd, the idea of the shepherd is you just take more time and more compassion. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. I, I, I thought of that this morning too, and I thought of my friend Terry Jones, who told me to get over it. Uh, Terry would tell me, preacher, he says, I'm kind of, I kind of preach more like a prophet than, I, than like a shepherd. I need to be a little bit more compassionate, he would say. Anyhow, it all depends on what the person's going through and dealing with. And, uh, but we were... We were, in a, we were in a casual situation, just enjoying the day. And here's the thing the Lord will do with you if you just talk with people. People have questions. The Lord will work in people's lives, and they'll... I, I really believe this is how it works. The Spirit of God touches their heart, and then they be, they'll bring up a question. And then you can answer that question. These are... These are, um, I'm tired today, if you can't tell. <laughs> We've had a very busy week, but a great week. Um, these are meetings that the Lord puts together. And the spiritual rendezvous, if you will. 
And then people have a question because they feel comfortable with the conversation and how it's been taking place. Questions that they might not raise in church or in an adult Bible class or on a Wednesday night service. Here's Jesus just one-on-one with this person. And, he, and the conversation turns to spiritual things here. And um, he's able to spend time with this woman here and um, in a comfortable environment. Well, here's how, it, here how, here's how it goes. Look at verses 13 and 14. Well, Jesus answered her. And um, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He begins to declare unto her the living water. And he used, what a great example. They're at a well. They're drawing water out. Everybody knows that water is, will quench your thirst, but sooner or later, you get thirsty again, right? Well, Jesus is going to take this and just use an example and say, well, I've got water that I can give you that you'll never thirst again. And um, so he's teaching all of us here to take things that are around us and to use them as examples so people understand who Jesus is. And um, again in verse 13, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst again, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know what I found in my years of ministry is most people, if they're not informed, they're either misinformed They're either misinformed or they're just not informed. If they're not informed, they're just misinformed or they're not informed at all. So people don't know. They have questions about these things. And we have an opportunity to give them the answer. That's what Jesus is doing with this woman. But now he leads her to her spiritual uh, spiritual awareness to who she is. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. Now Jesus knew something about this woman. And uh, we don't always know something about people, but Jesus apparently did. And she says here, uh, Well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, Yeah, you have five husbands. Or you've had five husbands. And now the person that you're living with, he's not your husband. And so we're making the assumption here, I think we're going to make it that she's not been widowed five times. And it was true. And um, she's beginning to, and I'm sure when she heard that, she, you know, and we don't know the whole situation and, and all this, but, but Jesus is pointing something out here. And in a real way, when you think about it, he's not so much, it's not coming across in a very judgmental way. He's identifying that there's an, there's an emptiness in her life. That there's a, there's, these things have gone on. She knows. She doesn't, need to, she doesn't need for him to be any more direct than that. Obviously, if she's had five husbands, then 
Something's been going on here. I have a good friend. She, he is married to a woman who has... The, he is her fifth husband. And they have been happily married for probably now over... I lose track of time, but over 20, 20 years. And before they got married, she got her life right and has been walking with the Lord faithfully ever since. So you might meet someone that, oh, they've been married five times. There's no way they could ever get their life right. Well, this woman's getting her life right in the Bible. And uh, he, so he shares with her. He has the power to give eternal life, but she needs, to be, she needs to be made aware of her spiritual need. People need to be made aware of their spiritual need. And he refuses to sidetrack. She begins to sidetrack a little bit. Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. I always think of this, you know, when, you're, when you're sharing the gospel with someone, you're not sharing with them whether they should be a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a Methodist, a Pentecostal, uh, or, or any of the other denominations. You're sharing. It's like a friend of mine, we were having this conversation, and he said, I came to New England I didn't come to New England to make Baptists. I came to New England to call people to become Christians. Now, he was a Baptist preacher, and obviously he believes in Baptist principles, and, and, and that's a whole other lesson for a whole other time. But I think we're all aware that it's not just Baptists that are going to heaven, amen? It's Christians that are going to heaven. I think there'll be a lot of Baptists that... Oh, when they stand before the Lord, they'll be in trouble. Huh? The Baptists get the front seats. Right, right. And the Pentecostals are in the back seat because they make so much noise. You know? <laughs> the Baptists are in the front seat. Boy, I wish they'd calm down. And the Pentecostals are in the back. And I wish they'd get excited. And all the others are in the middle. Saying, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so Jesus refuses to sigh. She wants to know where they should worship. <laughs> and uh, really, Jesus is saying, it's not the place. It's, you need to worship me in spirit and in truth. And we're just about, <laughs> just about out of time here, but um, let's just get to the last point. So the woman, Jesus wouldn't be sidetracked. The woman trusted him as her Savior and began to tell others and that's really what it's all about. Verse 27. Or, uh, in verse 26, Jesus, she, 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 in verse 25, she talks about Messiah. And Jesus says, I am the Messiah. I am the one. And um, verse 27, And upon his, this came his disciples, marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why, why are you talking with her? The woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and, and saith to the men, Come and see a man which told me all things I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Is that, is that about the simplest way to, to share the faith? Or even to say, to, Why don't you come to church with me and hear about Jesus and what the Bible says? And um, which is what yesterday after our little gathering with the four of us, 
the gentleman that was with us, I said, well, I'd like to invite you to church tomorrow. He'd been invited before. It wasn't the first time, and it wasn't by me, but he had been invited. And um, anyhow, um, she said to her people, come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came to him. And, and because we're out of time, many of them, they came to know Christ as their Savior. The disciples are watching all of this. They're trying to figure all this out. But what's Jesus doing? He's brought them out of the classroom into the field, so to speak, and given them an example of what he's doing here. But he's just talking. He just talked to the woman. And, um, and that's really witnessing. It's just talking to people. And the Bible says that many believed because of this woman. Verse 39, many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying. And I don't think they were being critical of her. But we've heard him ourselves and know that he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So it's a great lesson in just sharing our faith with people, just talking with people about the Lord. And just depending on the Holy Spirit to, and if we had time, you can look these verses up your own, but on your own, but later on the Gospel of John, John 14, 26, John 15, 26, and 27, John chapter 16. These all talk about the work of, of the Holy Spirit and teaching men and guiding men and guiding you and guiding me, teaching you, teaching me. These are all lessons that are learned here. And, um, but that's you and I taking the opportunities wherever we are, whatever we're doing to share our faith, be an encouragement, um, draw people to Jesus. Amen? That's my lesson this morning. Let's pray. Father, bless our morning worship service. Let it truly bring honor and glory to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.